You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Do not adjust your device that you're watching on. That is Aston Villa 7, Liverpool 2. Probably the strangest thumbnail I've ever made for a video ever. So I'm just going to take a moment to sit back and enjoy a drink, so bear with me. <laughs> Got a kind of Pepsi Max here. Let's enjoy it. It's a full fat, full sugar performance, so drink it in. Straight, straight in the Premier League glass, because we are n- not <laughs> oh. in this league, let me tell you. Oh. How are we all? <laughs> Yeah, uh, I oh, think Liverpool. Six hundred people they, here. Absolutely. They turned up. They turned up to Villa Park, expected a football match, and what they got was the first level of doom. They, they didn't know why he had a man hardest difficulty. They thought they was going to clock it today. Nah. What son? I hope everyone else God? is uh, having a drink this evening. I've been typing it. What's happened? <laughs> Save it for match of the day, mate. It would be a real treat. Yeah, we'll be on last as well. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm just, um, I'm just shell shocked. What? What's just happened there? I think that's, without checking, I think that's the most I've ever seen Villa score a game, certainly in the Premier League. I remember the 6-4 against Blackburn, um, but 7, and against Liverpool, the champions of England. Like, let's not, let's not make any mistake, the Thiago thing, uh, Mane, the goalkeeper, blah, 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 blah. We were very, very good there tonight. Very yeah. good against I the mean, champions. We took that's our chance early on. And the progression yeah, between pre-lockdown Villa, post-lockdown Villa, surviving on the last day... And being three games in the Premier League unbeaten, including that is beating Liverpool seven two. That is ridiculous. Hang on. Sorry, um, Man United going to make a two hundred and fifty million pound bid for Ollie Watkins tomorrow. Is <laughs> Can he play centre half? Five foot line. Can I just say as well, we're streaming this on Facebook and YouTube tonight because obviously we want to get straight out there. There's 923 people watching, which is our biggest yeah. audience ever. Thank you for joining so thanks in. Thanks for, uh, for tuning in at nine o'clock on a Sunday. I hope you're having a drink I've, like we are. How do you even sum it up? Because like Villa got lucky early on, right? That one goal, they got given their chance and just didn't look back. And uh, you can't even speak. You can't even analyse. You can't even do nothing. Just say Liverpool got slapped today. You know <laughs> like, what I like? I like that under previous, not not just specifically Villa, in, on, you know, you'll see other managers go one it up against Liverpool in the first few minutes and think, right, good times. So let's sit back a little bit. Let's try and consolidate. Let's shut the game down. And we just turn on the style. <laughs> Ross Barkley could have scored three before he scored the one he did. Like we're just yeah. creating chances. We were cutting okay. through them. And you can, you know, Graham Souness, we'll get on to him, can say what he likes about yeah. the grass and Liverpool not being great. We were good, man. <laughs> Matt, I've got to say, we've got this Ross Barkley pod coming out, um, analysing him right, giving a bit of a deeper look. I think we've undersold him. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah. I know, like we're saying, here's what we can expect from Ross Barkley. I think we all know what we can expect now. Yeah, a, a very good player. Wow. Yeah, we've had a, a great day. And Matt hasn't even, look, he's just shell shocked. Okay. Matt, say <laughs> something. <laughs> How how many how big was the deficit before the lead before you felt safe? I was safe at four one. Boy, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I thought like Liverpool have to chuck everything at it just to get back into it. So I think Villa can just sit there and enjoy what they did, which was have a free man on the wing and get them through into the box. But like, I just didn't expect it. I just thought even if it finishes like five five or whatever, like we've we've made a statement and we've had a had a shot and we've had fun. Yeah, it got to it got sorry James. It got to one point when it was was it did it go six one or was it six two? 
I can't even remember. When we got six something, I was like, games don't finish six all, do they? They don't finish <laughs> seven six to somebody with 25 minutes to go. I don't think we're done. Seven two, though, do they? But yeah, well, yeah, I know, but you don't see six six, is my point. Um, but yeah, when it got to kind of four one, I was like, yeah, like the minimum we hear, we get here is a, a four all draw. And then as, as all the goals keep going in, you just think, yeah, happy days. I've, I've, my, if anyone's been following the, uh, the Facebook page, obviously, that we're streaming on, my updates during the game have just got progressively worse. All the capitals are gone, the spellings all over the place. I put 5-1 at one point when it was 5-2. I just, I just lost my head. I got that carried away by it that after about an hour, I stopped slagging off ground sooner and I started enjoying the game. That's, <laughs> yes, how, fantastic. <laughs> that's how fantastic it was. <laughs> like um, going on about Sky and Sooner, so obviously not to uh, speak about stuff that's kind of irrelevant to all the joy we're feeling, but like I've got my brother and dad in the group chat and I like just saying, oh, I can't wait for Sky not to give us any credit. That's <laughs> what I thought. I didn't. I was uh, went off working at half time, so I didn't see the analysis, but I was thinking they're just going to say, as good as, Liverpool, as Villa were, Liverpool have been bad. Oh, Liverpool this, Liverpool that. Yeah. They're missing players. Um, but I, do you do you both agree? Do the comments agree that Villa were, we were we were still good there as well? It's yeah. not really anything to do with Liverpool being bad. Yeah, just like I feel like it was just a, just a mess, weren't it? Saying they were bad or rubbish or anything, it just takes it all away from from Villa. And I feel like you know that how often has a shoe been on the other foot where Villa are getting like four deflected goals and they just heads are down and like what is going? We can't even yeah. save this now. Like that, this happens in football. You, you get you get your great teams that win nineteen games, lose a mad one, win another nineteen games, and win the league and stuff like that. And Villa have to watch on in that situation when Norwich and others are picking up like these wins, these mad wins, and we got ours, and it was big. It was big. It was headline. Like it was massive in front of the whole world. So it wasn't some yeah, free game kickoff taking. You know, going on at the same time, and you got your Watford and Huddersfield like taking the headlines at the same time. No, this is happening. Like now, in front of the world. I know this game counts as three points and we've not won a trophy and it doesn't put us into the top four. Well, actually, it does put us into the top four, but not not properly. We're not going to finish the season there. But it feels like a massive thing. and I don't know whether that's just because I'm in the moment and it's it's only just happened, but that's a massive statement victory. Yeah. Do you know what I love about it? I, I do love There's something delicious about a wrong-footed goalkeeper, isn't there? <laughs> especially, especially when the grass is so... You know, the grass was so high. It's a good job, Barry Bannon. Don't play for us anymore. He really got lost in it. So when the ball's rolling so slowly past the wrong-footed goalkeeper in that, that knee-high grass, oh, I'm, just looking at, oh, I'm just looking at the man now, Holly Watkins, beaming his head off. Oh, talk to me about Holly Watkins. We're all here waiting for his first Premier League goal. He gets his first Premier League goal and his first ever Premier League hat-trick on the same night against the yeah. champions, no less. Did I, have I mentioned we were playing Liverpool? Yeah, I'm fuming, man, because I've capped in Mo Salah. I was thinking, yeah, Mo Salah's going to score two goals against Villa. So I've capped in him. I should have capped in Ollie Watkins and let Salah get his garbage, <laughs> rubbish, meaningless goals against the mighty Villa. Boost my score. I mean, I've got to speak to a lot of people in Liverpool over the next few days. So I've got to work with them. So, like, like close right. heart to heart. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. This is the first time as well. Like, usually I've been like working in the black country and you get like mugged off by Wolves of West Brom. You have to go <laughs> to work every day, fuming, like just like just taking it, you know. And then you got a Leeds fan of some reason in the black country just like, giving you some at work. Now today's my day. Today like, I'll have it. How good was um talking about I'm half listening to Ollie Watkins rather than <laughs> listening to you ramble on, but That's how right. good was his second goal, oh. by the way? Unreal. I thought the first unreal. was I thought the first was funny, but the second is just like, like that's where I thought the first are. Oh, people might be watching neutrals and go, he's took a bit too much time on there. He looks nervous. The second, he don't, he hasn't cared. Has he? he just slammed that in the top, just done him in. Like, how how much did, does it make a difference as well? Having and this is a 
Well, it is. I was going to say, this isn't a, dis- a disrespect to Wesley and Samata and everyone else, but it is. How good is it to have a striker that looks like a proper striker and scores goals at last? It's well, we have since, to ask Matt because Tama. we haven't really seen one in our since we've been watching Villa. We've had a few here and there, but we go back to Matt's time watching the club. I've got proper strikers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Born then, you cheeky gets. <laughs> but you know what I mean, though. We, we've been we've been looking for that missing piece, haven't we? That striker that's got yeah. great movement, left foot, right foot, header in the right place at the right time, good technique. It's just that's what we've been missing. I mean, I saw Benteke, Angal, um, Tammy, Tammy, but you've, you know, because being, being born in '93, you've seen them all. Any, everyone, most most Villa fans talk about Matt. You've, Matt you've wasn't seen him born in '93. <laughs> no, but he was what he was watching Villa and conscious at '93, where I was a, a baby. Yeah, I've seen. I have seen some good strikers. I've seen the likes of McNally and Dion Dublin and Dwight York. Um, like you say, Angel. Um, Sure, and with Cam a little bit um, too early for me, but I like it. I like. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to phrase it. I was going to say I like a striker is the full package. Um, but by that I mean, you know, has got pace, has got strength, has has got a bit of nose about. Oh, pace. I think I he demonstrated all that. I think you know. I don't think Van Dijk would have had many games like that, especially against. He's probably thinking he's coming coming up against um, you know Premier League rookie. You can only been sticking away in his back pocket, but. I thought what Watkins outside of his goals, I thought his work rate work rate was relentless. I thought he kind of we've said this before, but he drifts nicely to the flanks. I know he's played yeah. as a winger before, but he can you know, he, he pulls defenders that way. And we've said before that Wesley dropped too deep to get involved. I think Watkins keep you know, he makes sure that he's always a problem for at least one one of the defenders. Um yeah, I, I just wish that fourth one had gone in. I was getting greedy by then when he brought the bar towards the end. Yeah, you so, kind of get into this position where you're just like absolutely fuming, aren't you? Like we're not getting out. You're like you just like actually screwing. Like worse than if it was like West Ham on the last day and we we've, we've gone down because of a mistake. You're absolutely furious at these players for not making it eight or nine because you've got the one opportunity to do so right. I'm the other way. No, I am, I am buzzing. I'm not saying I'm not happy. I'm just saying, at, in that situation, just there's a weird intensity that comes to it. You think like you just want to see like blood at that point. Yeah. You just want to see more. For me, I'm fuming that we've conceded two. <laughs> but we've got a comment to Clint, speak about. Clint record's gone. Someone said you haven't spoke about Martinez's size, and I'm thinking, man, come on, he was good. He was great. He's, we know he's good. We speak about how good he is. Then come on a, a podcast to talk seven, Villa seven, seven right, seven goals. <laughs> Liverpool to and speak about the goalkeeper making a few good saves. You know what I mean? Well, we will quickly mention him. He was good though, wasn't he? Yeah, it? he was fantastic. <laughs> Still, seven goals, man. And his distribution right. as well. Getting it out to the flanks quickly. I didn't have anything to deal with it. Mate, is that you yeah. making an annoying noise, by the way? Who, me? Yeah, you touching yeah. your laptop and scratching. <laughs> so I don't know what, what but you're making a noise that sounds like... You're <laughs> making weird noises. You're not making weird noises. That's my voice. No, not your voice. You know, you keep messing with your laptop and scratching or something. And I know what happens. Someone will tweet me and go, oh, can you tell Matt to stop making so much noise during the podcast? And I'm telling you now, this is well, my opportunity. Well, you can tweet me about Tell him to get stuff because I'm not doing anything. <laughs> All right, maybe it was James. I'm sorry. Carry on. It's just time to Google the scoreline. Just be happy. Oh, if you're moaning about the technical details of production, telling you that Villa have scored seven goals past Liverpool, you're going, oh, the mic don't sound too good. Log off, man. So what's, um, what's the ambition now, then? I know I was, this is a question I was going to ask because I, I said after Fulham, I mean, I said Fulham was going to be the easiest three points we got of the season. I think that was tonight instead. Um, 
I said that it would be criminal if this side was involved in a relegation scrap this year, that we were in the bottom three for you know long periods of time. We were scrapping till the, the last day of the season. If that happens with this squad, that would be ridiculous. Um, I think this podcast is not sponsored by 7-Up. What are you trying think, to do, Matt? Like, for uh, the audio listeners, what is Matt trying to do? <laughs> I know, he's just disrupting my flow. I think that you have to be pushing for top 12 as a minimum, to be honest, as an expectation of what you should be aiming for. The kind of the best of the rest, and if you can push into mid table and into the top half, that'd be excellent. I think there's a few people comment commenting saying, "Could we slide into Europe?" I don't think so, but you never know. <laughs> I mean, you, we're not going to, are we? If, if Wolves have been on the edge and haven't done it, Sheffield United last year had a great season and couldn't do it. Um, yeah, I don't think we'll get into Europe, but top ten, top twelve has to be the target. Yeah, it's like this match probably, like in the grand scheme of things, might not reflect of how our season's going. But tonight, just don't care. We, we wait until the end of the season to look at that and reflect on all the things that are going to happen in this season. This match could mean anything. It's brilliant just to kind of bask in it for 24 hours at least before kind of worrying how it might go. thing is, I know that we had that, that good start under Paul Lambert that one year. I think we talked about this pretty recently. Um, where we had got, was it 10 points from the first 12 or something like that? And obviously that season went on to be pretty rubbish. But it'll be weird to look back in May when the season ends and us going, Christ, we started so well. Do you remember Villa, Liverpool, Villa 7, Liverpool 2? And now look at us, we've been relegated. Like, surely this is this springboards an entire season, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, you'd like to think so. I think it might be the five goals that keep us up. Goal difference. <laughs> 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 just, you know, mate, what, where big is that glass, by the way, Dan? It's a pine glass. Looks massive. Really glass. You must have really little, really little hands. What are you drinking anyway? It's a uh, not sponsored. It's a Thatcher's haze. Powder. It's very nice. I'm drinking a Joker IPA, which is not sponsored either. Nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's all right. So, um, so what? So what? Your season expectations now? That's what I think. I think top twelve should be the aim or higher. What do you two think? I was kind of thinking, like, I felt stupid for saying, oh, 15th would be good for Villa. Like, I, was just, I know. <laughs> after, I after seeing a performance that, that like that, like, yeah, I'll take silly. it. But it's like, now you just feel like, what's the ceiling for this Villa team? Because, look, they haven't had much adversity this season, right? They haven't had anything going to go against. They had a tough match, match against Sheffield United out of the blocks, but Fulham rolled over, and so did Liverpool. So I guess you kind of got to see how it goes to kind of, like, set that bar. But at the moment, the bar is very high. Like, it's extremely high. Like, I could bet on winning the title if I want to know that, how I'm feeling right now. <laughs> but we have to see how it goes. I, I still think... Right, they've set a solid base is all I'll say. I won a bet today. I fancied Villa to score over... Well, uh, the game to have over three and a half goals. No, it was over three and a half. I thought it'd be a 2-2 or something like that. So I put a pound on and I've won £2.50. So that's not bad, is it? Yeah, please bet responsibly. I think if I you can't... Speaks about betting stories. Um, (laughs) My friend Dave warrants a shout out because I don't. You you couldn't bet in in his state in America until very recently, and I think he's put one. Was he in? He had a few. (laughs) (laughs) State of Ohio. Uh, I don't know where that is on the kind of hangover scale, but you couldn't. I don't think he could bet there. And one of his first bets was today for Villa to win and Greenwich to get a shot on target. So he uh, won one of his first bets. So again, please bet responsibly. But it's nice to see that (laughs) Villa are paying off for more than a few people. Did Villa get a shot? I know they scored seven. Did they get a shot on target today? Did we know? <laughs> After shit, yeah, it counted. It counted in their terms. I do love a deflection. Oh, it's making me laugh. I, I love three in the same game. 
it's funny how it, it winds up others because like you could be like you could fairly say as a Liverpool fan, oh look at all the deflections, like this doesn't reflect reality. And fair enough, but it might not, but seven two. Deflections are funny at that point. It's just like hilarious. I know how many times has it gone against us and people are like, How poor is that defending where he stuck his knee out and it's went over and it happened like three or four times to Liverpool and at that point you're just laughing. You're like you just you're just bawling out your eyes out. Like, you can't believe what's happening. For, to be serious for a moment, while we've got a massive audience, <laughs> how just how big has the is the turnaround been in your eyes? Obviously, we've had the the pandemic, and when we used to have, I think the last time we spoke about a game in person, I might be wrong, was that Leicester game four nil at the back end of last season when we were in the office together talking about it. How different is that Aston Villa side to the one we've just seen? Oh. I don't know, Matt. You go first. I could say a lot of things. That was that was bad. Then yeah. we were rubbish before lockdown. And if I think if if it wasn't for the pandemic, we probably would have been on course to go down. We come back and look better defensively and save ourselves on the last day. And we start this season on absolute flames. To quote think, the kids, um, I think Dean Smith described it as an as pressing the reset button um, when Villa, well, when the world went into lockdown. Um, you don't get that opportunity, do you? You don't get that yeah. opportunity to kind of have a fresh pre-season and to take a fresh... You know, the games, even in the Premier League, even before, you know, the, the restart, you don't get that chance to, to have a couple of weeks or a couple of months with your squad at one time. Even international breaks, you've got half of them away. So I think it was really, really important to just kind of refocus and just say a lot of those players hadn't played in the Premier League before. And if they fell out at the first attempt might not have played. We know Jack and probably McGinn and Mings would have would have probably left Villa and stayed in the Premier League. But I think it was that. It was the chance to kind of take stock. And since then, Villa's business has been pretty bang on. And I know we got, got carried away a year ago by saying, oh, look at these a dozen exotic new names that, that are going to, you know, kick Villa on. They did enough. They did enough last year, all by kind of stayed up by the width of a cigarette paper on the last <laughs> day of the season. But now, we've always said this, haven't we? And I'm, I'm, I'm at risk of repeating myself again and again and again. But recruitment means when you're a club in Villa's position, it means that the new players that you bring in are first team ready and yeah. your fringe players from last season go back onto your bench. Um, and that's what's, that's what's happened. It's just adding that extra little bit of quality all over the park. I thought Villa, you know, we, I spoke, didn't I, when we did the Barkley podcast of the day saying that Villa's midfield was probably now as good and as varied uh, as I've seen in a generation. That's all very well saying it, to actually see that, you know, see that come off against the champions. And this, even even without Mane, even without Thiago, even, even without Alisson, Liverpool absolutely won the Premier League title at a canter mm-hmm. last year. And Villa have gone and made mugs of them. They've gone and made absolute mugs of them. And, you know, there's going to be times when 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 balls deflect off the back of Toro Mings's heels, and we lose games against lesser teams in the Premier League. But to me, as much as this is three points that keeps Villa in the in the top four now, it's it shows every single one of those players that you're good enough to not only play in the Premier League but to compete in the Premier League. Yeah. So I think it's a massive step from from where we were. I would probably still take fifteenth. Really? Well, I'm a cynical old man, so. I don't I think, want to get too carried away. Yeah, I think yeah, there has to be a little bit of realism. We've won the first three games. We're going to lose at some point. We're still going to have 
a fairly rough season in times in in parts you would expect when a runner fixtures comes along and you don't win for three or four that will happen. I think if you were just if tonight though if you said right you can finish on fifteen uh, in fifteenth on thirty nine points or whatever you can have that now. I think I'd risk saying no to that and I'll fancy my chances playing out the rest of the season because I think we're better than that. I think I'd be quite disappointed with 15th now. And I, I, we might look back at this podcast with massive embarrassment come May and think, Christ, what were we thinking? We had a good start, but we've been rubbish since. But I, don't, I just don't think that'll be the case. It, look, it looks like a new villa now, like when you were saying at the start, when did you start to feel comfortable? Previously, if you were at 3-0, 3-1 or whatever it was, you'd be going, oh, you never know, it's still Liverpool. When it got to four, I was thinking, this is it. I think we'll be fine now, which is unusual. It's unusual. Yeah. You are sorry. You're quite naive, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Easily sway. I think between those, it, that's like pro. That's massive progress. If you're willing to say, if Villa finished fifteenth, that's up a few positions, a few more million quid, and you can say, look, you met your target, and you've moved forward with all the signings you made. If you finish higher than that, that's even more progress. So you, you win-win between the two of you. What do you think? It's obviously deadline day tomorrow, and after after losing to Stoke last week, after the kind of cast of understudies, kind of failed to grasp their opportunity. Uh, what do you think um, needs to be done tomorrow? Because whereas a lot of people swayed one way and said, we've got no strength in depth against Stoke, and then we've come and blitzed and blown apart Liverpool today. There's got to be a halfway house in there somewhere, do you think? Do you still think yeah. we need... And What about you, James? Do you think we need to, to make any more signings tomorrow? Well, there's you know people have been saying that uh, Rashica might be on the verge of signing. After that, I'm thinking uh, sod him off. He's took his he's took his time trying to pen the deal. Get Messi on the blower, like <laughs> everyone's seen that performance. Uh, but yeah, well, the, the would surely have to play on the right wing, wouldn't he? Now, if he did right, come just, in, uh, just fit him in anywhere, man. He, he can be like on the bench or whatever. Yeah, he, he, he's got to prove himself to be in the, the Dean Smith's tricky villains, man. He, <laughs> he got, he got, he's got, he's got to prove himself. Um, but after today, I just like I'm not in the right frame of mind. You know what I mean to say, like, oh, we'll need to buy this player and this player because, like, every single one of them. Played their hearts out, like every single one of them. And I, I mean, when you saw Ross Barkley miss a few early chances, and you think, oh, kind of Harahan must be fuming on that bench. Like you think now, Harahan, how well Harahan was in the first few games, and that's your bench player now. A, a guy who can come off and kind of do a few things here and there. You can finish chances, can play from set pieces. Villa are in a, a better position. Um, people might be concerned about depth at the back after Courtney Horse's injury. But we'll have to take a certain amount of risk. Like we've already said it, Dan. Like you can't just lay out your wish list and get everything on it like Christmas. Like it don't, it don't work like that, does it? So I think wait and see. I think I'd like an extra striker tomorrow. I'll see what happens with Rashica. Um Another loan deal here or there, just to patch the squad up. I think the business is done. And uh, Martin, between Martinez, Cash, Ollie Watkins, and everyone else is coming. It's uh, pretty impressive. Your excitement is worrying me. At the moment, kind of, <laughs> almost kind of waxing lyrical about the Aston Globetrotters going on, a, do you know what I mean? Taking apart the rest of the country. Just, just keep it level, guys. Just keep. Just, you know, it's funny. We're holding that trophy on the council, you know, on the steps of the council house. That, until we've got that, the town hall, we won't be allowed there. We'll have to watch it on a massive Zoom. But until we've got that, let's just keep it on a level. Mate, I've already started planning the open tour bus video we're going to make. 
for the, for the back end of next season. Um, it's funny actually because after Fulham, I we made a joke about oh you know I'm going to start get start etching the A on the Premier League trophy for Aston Villa, and then I, we did a live stream after Stoke that uh, didn't go onto the podcast, and I was like, well, well, our 100 percent record had to come to end at some point. You know, we've got to let the rest of English football catch up with Villa, seeing as how well we've started. I, not, after that game, I did not expect one bit what happened tonight and nobody would expect tonight even just for Villa to win a lot of people would have said oh well it's Liverpool you know it's probably going to be really difficult we've lost a bit of momentum losing to Stoke oh I don't you know I don't really fancy our chances against Liverpool it's Liverpool you know there's no shame in saying I think Villa might lose here so even just to predict Villa to win you know people as much of a raw Villa fans here and, and biased yeah. a realistic uh, prediction would have been that Liverpool are going to come here tonight turn on, turn on the style and beat us so to just beat them anyway is a massive achievement. To to do it in the manner that, that we did, it's um, it's mind blowing. I've, I've like I say, I've never seen anything like that, and it should, in theory, set up the rest of the season. Now that if if we have a couple of bad games, surely the coaching staff can go look. You did this to Liverpool. This is what you're capable of. Change it and go out and, and improve yourselves because we know how good you are. It's not like we've kind of fluked a couple of results here and there. We've proved in the games we've had so far that we can be a good side here. So a little blip here and there means that they can look back and go, look, we know what you're capable of. Sort yourselves out. Yeah, I yeah. feel like there's a certain amount of credit, like Dean, not just Dean Smith, but like the leaders in the squad need as well, and the coaches and you know some of the bigger personalities in the team need because it hasn't been funny. After you know the the Carabao Cup final and getting slapped by by Leicester, people were caught, like the criticism Dean Smith got was right. People were being really like really really harsh, and that happened over lockdown. Even when you saw like an evolved Villa team kind of step up, and that, that people were saying there's no plan B, there was very clearly a plan B because they came out in a completely different manner. Yeah. Now the mentalities have taken a step up, and that's not just them going. Oh, you know what? I might play good now. It's, it's levels of coaching and the team Dean Smith's assembled. The mentality, like the democratic approach he takes, he, he trusts these players and that trusted now. It's paying, it looks like it's paying off. So, you know, bravo and full credit. Let's see where we can go with this. But it's not, it's not to say that he's um, safe from any criticism or anything like that because managers aren't. They're, they're always in, you know, in the face of the gun barrel, aren't they, when it comes to sackings? But like, full, God, I'll give him full credit. Maybe not like a tactical masterclass today. It was all, it was all momentum and we took our chances well, but God, give him credit for the turnaround. So what's um you're a little bit younger than me. In fact, if you add both of you together, you probably get around around my age. <laughs> what's the biggest score on you've seen Villa when when Villa spanked Sunderland six a couple of years ago? Might uh, be that, that Wickham League Cup match when it was might have been eight. I don't know. I don't remember that. I, I said the six four earlier against Blackburn is the biggest I can yeah. remember in terms of goals in a game being ten goals in that game. There's only 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 the nine tonight. I can't have it all. Oh, I remember Villa spanking Everton 6-2. Um, David Platt scored a couple, I think, and Gordon Cowens, I think, Ian Arnie potentially. Um, and I remember Villa beating Wimbledon 7-1 at Villa Park. I think Tommy Johnson might have got a hat-trick, although somebody will probably correct me. Um, but that wasn't beating the reigning champions. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Do you that think was- the opposition does come into it? Well, well, Dean Smith and the coaching staff think of it like that, that... It's it's extra good. I'm sure there was a better term than that, but it's extra good because it was against Liverpool. Or is it just well, it's Premier League opposition. We have to treat everybody the same. It's no, seven two is good against anyone. I think Dean's business the coaching staff. It's international right now, so I think there'll be about five five Jaegers deep by now. <laughs> I'll be absolutely battered. I'll be having seven shots each. Fifty percent. Um, eight eight three Wickham. Five five Forest. Seven yeah, one Wimbledon. The 8-3 Wickham's the one I, I think. Remember where I was? It was 
because uh, you weren't on TV or anything, or like you didn't even have it on like radio. You had to wait until the the paper come out the next day. Like that, <laughs> for those like you didn't get You're on not the that old. Yeah, but it's like we're in that generation where we had the before times and now the streaming times where we just landed oh, spot yeah, in it. So you didn't have like the Carabao Cup streaming platform or anything, did you? So you just had to go available night eight free. But that was a thing that we've never seen. Well, on teletext. Refresh. Yeah. Refresh. There's um, been a lot of comments, and I'm not going to put any up on screen because there's, there's a lot to choose from, talking about Trezeguet. I think we spoke about him a little bit after Fulham, and we said, look, we've we've been critical of Trezeguet in the past, very openly on the podcast at the back end of last year. I think I possibly said at one point, I, I wouldn't be that bothered if he didn't play for Villa ever again. Hold my hands up. He's been very good so far this season. But I think that's just the nature of competition. He's got Bertrand Troyes uh, breathing down his neck. He's got informed players playing around him, possibly Rashidza or somebody else coming in. That If that doesn't make you improve, you shouldn't be playing football. Yeah, I think it's the, you know I think it's the human embodiment. You know that meme when that fella's looking over his shoulder at the girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's that. I think think Trezeguet thinks you know I've got some competition now. That to really up my game. Do you know what I mean? Probably brushing his teeth ten times ten times a day, doing his hair with a new kind of gel. Um, whatever you kids do today before you go on one of your Tinder dates. Um, so I think it, it's that, isn't it? It, it just. I don't think he had, had, he's had any competition, really, has he? You know, him and El Ghazi was, you know, kind of... Well, they were both playing, weren't they, at times? But, I, like I said, I, I think I've been, been massively harsh on Trezeguet. I still don't think that, come three or four months from now, I don't think he'll be starting. I think Traore, over time, will kind of prove his place in there. But fair play to him. Fair That's play the to noise, him. by the way. Whatever you just did then, that's the noise that was annoying <laughs> He's me. just laughing. He's swiping right on Trezeguet. What are you? <laughs> when you move your laptop on your jeans or something, it's making noise. What can I say? I'm electric. I've got a load of friction going on. Sit still. Okay, carry on. Sorry. One seven two, and you want to sit still? I know. I'm just. I'm just. Uh, annoy you. It's annoying me. Is that I'm a what are we talking about? Trezeguet. Uh, <laughs> are there any positions in that team? Not after a 7-2 victory. Well, what positions are really up for grabs now? That's left the back. only one, isn't it? Left back, maybe. Yeah, and that's only because, like, that's, I'm being picky only, for that's that. been like a 7 out of 10. Like, yeah, I'm being very picky. Yeah. Left I can back. get an idea what if I could click my fingers and get us, you know, if I was on Football Manager, I'd be thinking, oh, I quite fancy a left back. Yeah, nothing wrong with Target t- tonight, but I think if you were talking about an ultimate 11, I think a left back can be improved and winger could be improved, but the rest of it for where Villa are in the in the table and our budget and stuff like that. Some people might argue centre back, but I don't think you'll get a better midfield for unless you're spending fifty, sixty million on players. Forwards, absolutely fine. I think Ollie Watkins is already worth forty million plus already after his Premier League showings. That's five goals now in in this um, in all competitions. I think two in the cups and then three tonight. Um, Grealish obviously is would be worth a fortune. So unless you're spending huge, huge money, you're not going to make massive improvements. And if you spend fifty million on a, on a new midfielder, is he going to be a bigger, you know, bigger difference between him and Douglas Louise or whoever it is you're replacing? Likewise with centre back, if you spend forty million on, on a centre back, how much better is he going to be than Tyro Mings? So I think you could make you can make some decent gains at left back. Um, because I don't think Target's amazing. If you spent 20, 20 million on a left back, I think that would be a, a decent improvement. And like I say, a winger. But the rest of it, I'm very content with the the side that Villa and, and Dean Smith have built. 
Two weeks, Two weeks. And you mentioned that um, that Leicester match just before lockdown um, was the one that really kind of made us fearing the worst. I think I'm right in saying that it's Leicester away. Yeah. When we restart, isn't it again? Yes, I believe so. You know, they've had a bit of a shock result today. Let me just... Dan, have you not got the Premier League table you can stick up there just so we can kind of gloat some more? I have, yes. Yeah, I think it's... like I think what we, we, we're trying to say is the loss is eventually coming. I mean, it's, but it's that should champ- derail the whole thing. It's a Champions League battle against us and Leicester next time out. Man, if that, that table's got to finish that way, what a glorious season that'll be. I mean, I'm a, I am a, um, a traditionalist at this point, but seeing Everton and Villa right up there is... is is pleasing. I'm a big fan of that. I'm, I'm happy for Everton. Yeah, I might want to get Spurs or Leeds in that in that top four. Just give it a bit of, bit of diversity, give them a chance. <laughs> um, but man, the only thing I'd be unhappy there is uh, Villa three points off that title place. <laughs> and that's that only because I'm missing the game. There's still only two sides with a 100% Premier League record, and we've got a game in hand over Everton. Yeah, um, we we had the we've played the game. We thought was a a, a free hit. Uh, I mean, yeah. one seven two. So <laughs> happy days. We've talked about. Um, I think again after Fulham, we'd said, "Well, that's six points done, thirty-four to go to be safe." I still stand by that for the meantime, as much as I still think Villa will be far and away above relegation. Well, in terms of positions, fifty points might get you tenth. The gap between tenth and relegation might not be a lot, but in terms of positions, I think we will be out of. We'll be nowhere near that bottom three. So until we get to forty, that will still be the target for me. So that's nine points now, thirty-one more to go. And if you're looking towards that bottom bottom end of the table. We've played three. The other side's down there played four, and they're still yet to get off the mark. So we've yeah. already got a nine-point gap on, on these sides down the bottom. So if things do go bad and we lose the next three, we're still going to be around you know mid-table-ish because, because, of such, because of the good start that we've had. But having said all that, we shouldn't be looking... At, I don't want to be scrolling down this far on these podcasts in future. I don't want to be looking at, at, at these down here and seeing Villa floating around 16th, 17th all season when, when we've played 15, 20 games. I want to be looking around here for the whole season, all better, to be honest, because I'm sick of going that far down. <laughs> Without getting too carried away, like if Villa double that after the international break and end up on 18 points, which I guess is somewhat realistic if, if we're speaking directly after this Liverpool 7-2, you've already beaten like the... the the 2016 relegation points result um, points total, and you're already like over halfway to um, last season's point total within the first international within two international breaks. Sorry, so you know this momentum that we're on, and I know it doesn't last forever, and it, there, there are that you kind of have to ride the wave in terms of the Premier League. It's a fantastic feeling, like for us to be this in this first stage of the Premier League. I mean, now, again, not to get carried away, but what? How can you not get carried away after a seven-two? And you look at those fixtures, and now you look at it. Again, when you saw Liverpool and Leicester, you thought, oh, there's two tricky games there. You look at that now, I think Leicester, yeah, maybe they can be got at. Leeds is a freak, freak game. That could be a 4-4 or a 3-0 or a 5-1 or anything that game could be. And then Southampton and Brighton, yes, both been good, but three games at home there in a row. I know home games aren't what they used to be, but still, I look at those four games there and I'm thinking seven points at least, to be honest. I think we're we'll capable of. It took um, it took another nine matches to get to nine points last season. Wow. So that gives you a bit of um see we do do our homework occasionally. That gives you um gives you a bit of context. So we're six games ahead of schedule, effectively. Yeah. 
we yeah. could lose the next six and be level pegging where we were last year. That'd be yeah, a disaster. Not, no way. <laughs> not, that's incredible to think, though, isn't it? Like that's what I mean. Yeah. How happy we were with nine points at that stage last season, going, "Oh yeah, we're getting there now. We're building something. We're already there. Like we've been three games, and honestly, the bar Sheffield United, which was a bit of a weird one because of the sending off, they've been three of the easiest games we could have possibly had. Even if you're going looking ahead to Sheffield United, you might think it was a, it was going to be tough. Fulham, you might have thought they're going to play with confidence. They could get a surprise result there. It could do a soon to get get a three points any to truly kick off the season. And then you look at Liverpool and you think. Absolutely no chance. There's yeah, no think, chance. Yeah, on paper, you look at those games before they're played and think, well, Sheffield United were good last year, so yeah. if they have a good season, that could be difficult. You know, Chris Wilder sets them up well, etc. Fulham, newly promoted, Mitrovic, you know, if they get an early goal, they could they could do well there. Liverpool, obviously champions, that'll be difficult. And you, you think, you, in hindsight, you look back and think, well, oh, those three games might be difficult. Nine points and battered Liverpool in the process. That's <laughs> unreal. Can I... Um... Can I, mention, can I mention the elephant in the room? That, that's not me, by the way. Tried to cram into a, a 1996 football top that's three sizes too small. Go on. Do you, do you think, and this is good, I'm going to get pelters by saying this in the comments, but Villa fans not being there, is that a help in any way? <laughs> is this you bullying the Villa fans saying that we, we run the team down? Is this what you're saying? <laughs> it's no, kind it's of like just me- negative mail, isn't it? You know, Birmingham mail, typical, typical negative rag. That is that kind of thing. It's like I guess it's like the great equaliser, isn't it? Because you look at probably some of the teams playing the higher line, like Liverpool and Southampton, and they would have benefited massively from that, that, that high energy football. Kind of that's what fans love to see, and they back them doing that. And without fans there, it's a bit difficult, isn't it? It's like they play the high line, get done over, and there's no one screaming, there's no energy. They're like so, I I do think it has some effect. It's like some kind of great equaliser. But I feel like the real downside is like a really bittersweet thing about tonight is. It wasn't the most like your way you're feeling now isn't the highest level of enjoyment you'll have. Oh, you'll imagine have imagine being there because if you were there, that would have been the great one of the greatest villa. It is one of the greatest villa games of all time. But there's also that asterisk asterisk on it that's saying that you, you didn't see, you weren't there. Yeah. And I know we have like international fans who do have to deal with that asterisk because they they can't possibly get to the stadium week in and week out. But we're all feeling that now, and it's a, a very real absence that, that it does hurt in a weird way. There's a few people saying that it takes some pressure off the Villa players, that there's no yeah. crowd there. I think it works both ways. I think if you're having a bit of a an average performance, you've, you're missing that crowd there to lift you. But then you can say, well, you know, there's ga- how many times have you seen a, a you know sideways pass that is irrelevant really, but gets a few grumbles here and there? All that kind of thing is gone now. And I'm not just talking specifically Villa, I'm talking a- across the board. So I think some players will react to it differently even still. I saw a great tweet um, during the game saying that it doesn't feel like competitive Premier League football still. The amount of goals that we're seeing now, they all feel like weird exhibition charity games and we're just all having a fun kickabout. And I think that suits some players, like people like Grealish, McGinn, even yeah. Watkins tonight, that it's, that it is almost light-hearted. Oh, yes, yeah, it's, it's the champions, but it kind of isn't really because we're just going to have fun and, and toy with them a little bit. Um, so I think some players will will thrive on the fact that they can kind of have no pressure on them. But some, some players might need that. We we talked about El Ghazi, didn't we, in uh, before Project Restart, saying he could be a player that reacts to the crowd not being there in a, in a good way, there the being no pressure on him, and he can have, be a bit more relaxed. But that wasn't the case. He looks like yeah. he struggles without a crowd. So I don't think you can put too much weight on it, but it, it'll be having an impact on some players for sure. Absolutely, yeah. You know what, what worries me about it? Um, you know, it was always said. It was always said, wasn't it? Football's nothing 
without the fans being there and you know it won't survive and the top flight has shown that it can survive do you know what i mean yeah the top flight can yeah i just yeah. find listen i know that, that when we're allowed to and when it's safe safe to do so we will all be allowed back in but it's just i think it's that i think it's kind of um what is it from the uh <laughs> quoted pizza adverts you know fear of missing out is it um, yeah, yeah, FOMO. I don't think the pizza advert invented that, Matt. <laughs> I mean, you're giving them far too much credit there. All right, then, Jomo. There ain't, there ain't no, there ain't no joy missing out. There is that because we still enjoyed it, but we still would rather be there. Yeah, and I yeah. think it's kind of. I've waited youngs for, for Villa to beat Arsenal and they beat Villa Park and they beat Arsenal at the back end of the season. It was brilliant and it was such an important result. But we weren't there. I just, you know, I know that makes me sound like a sport brat after we've just battered the champions. But I kind of. You know, I'd have rather been in the Holt End or in the Trinity and we'd have won 1-0 than not being there and we'd have won 7-2. Oh, you see, I don't know about that. I'm not sure I agree with that. I think, I think I'd think i rather have just seen us humiliate the champions 7-2 than be there and scrape a 1-0 at Villa Park. Maybe I'm in the minority there. Cause being there is obviously amazing. I'd much rather be there. But talking about the score lines, something like this doesn't happen at all. Yeah. I think it's nice well, that we... Beating the champions 1-0 at Villa Park don't happen. Yeah, but yeah. That's, not, that's not... In terms of just... Forget it being Villa for a sec. Just the wider football. Somebody will beat the champions of a league 1-0 at some point. That That's a thing that will happen. People don't beat the champions of a, of a league 7-2. Ever. I, I, I wouldn't... I, I don't, I've not yeah. checked the stats. You'll be surprised to learn. But I, I'm at... <laughs> I'm at risk of sounding stupid here. But I... <laughs> Never. Have a have a league title holding league reigning champions of a league ever had a bigger defeat as that before in the Premier League? Was, there Jane, was when, that um, when when was it when um, Man City slapped United? That might that must have been after that, United, that was United title, two, wasn't it? Yeah, that was hard. But like these things do happen, but not for Villa. Like last season, Liverpool lost. A, did they how many games? They must have lost one or two games. Someone benefited. Someone beat that team on that rampage. Someone benefited, and it weren't Villa. So all I care about is seven two is fine, even if it was a one, whatever. Villa benefited from that off day that every so often that occurs to these like genuine yeah. elite teams. And the only thing I'm unhappy about is why can't it be like boxing or wrestling when you batter the champion, you get to be the <laughs> champion, <laughs> like and. Dealing with this league table, I don't care about averages. I've been good over 38 games. If it was averages, <laughs> give us a 158-game season, like baseball, whatever. If you beat the champion, you should be the champion. I will be, uh, yeah, I like we'll be looking that. into that. That's, that's how it should work. I mean, going back to the being at the stadium thing, just re- remember how much like um, fondness we put on that Everton game from last year towards the start of the season, yeah. a night game, a Merseyside game, and, and winning it. I don't know what the game the score was. Was it 2-1 or 3-1? And that being a great memory and something that we we look back for the whole season, and go, ah, oh, how good was that that night at Villa Park? How good was the atmosphere? How good how good were we as a side that that day? So yeah, of course, being there and seeing us beat Liverpool one nil, two one, whatever would have been amazing. But I think just because of the fact it's such a freak result, I don't mind not being there. Obviously, obviously I would like to be there. But what I'm saying is, if you were giving me the option of beating them one nil and I could go, or beating them seven two, but I have to watch it on TV, I'd pick the seven two. What are people saying in the comments? <laughs> I'm just looking. I've went back nothing, to Twitter. Nothing now, relevant. Just... They're just talking about. There's just a lot of fans in here that aren't Villa fans, basically. 
just it has been a week me. online, hasn't it? There has been a lot of things happen over the past, uh, from Villa winning on Monday to going out in the uh, the Carabao Cup. There's been a lot to drink in, and it has been a wild week online. So uh, this really is just the, the, the latest day. And even across the world, even with things unrelated to football, it has been a wild week. Like, and uh, Villa just topping it off now. And, you know, on to uh, hopefully Jack Greer's getting a few uh, hat-tricks, uh, nine goals he'll come back with. Uh, <laughs> our international break will be on a high, and I think... Uh, so not less Dominic Calvert-Lewin being in the uh, England squad. Fair play to him. I should be uh, getting that call up for Ollie Watkins' emergency right now. <laughs> Here's a question for you. I know obviously Ash will have done player ratings, and I've not, I haven't seen them. What would you give players today? And I don't mean to go through one by one and, and rate them all, but are, are they all just get ten out of tens, or is it not as easy as that? Is there such thing as everyone getting a ten out of ten? Uh, I don't know. I like, don't think I. We were good, right, and we played very well. But I don't know what what constitutes a ten out of ten. Was well, I Matt, you, a 10 Matt, you would know. You would because I, I haven't had the privilege of covering a game where anyone would have scored like over six. <laughs> so you would have surely covered a game where you've given a few tens, right? Just trying to. Think. I can't think I've given. Mate, I'm I'm hard to please. I can't think I've given <laughs> many tens. I'll give Brad Goose and a ten once when he won at Sunderland. He saved about four penalties, I think, in in a shootout and in normal time. Um, I'm just trying to Google some of my player ratings to see if they've still been unless they've been expunged <laughs> from the internet. So I'll say, the lowest rating Ash gave was a seven, and that was to Almo and Nakamba. Everyone else got ten. There's a few tens. There's Grealish, McGinn. Uh, Mings and Watkins, who got tens. So everyone else is on like eight or nines, which is it reflects a very uh, obviously good performance. So they agree, the game, don't they? The ones who got less than a, less than ten. Why fair, people, people act like seven's rubbish, but like if five is the middle between one and five, is like oh, oh, you, you did as expected, right? You sure it yeah. should be. I think like people treat like football manager. If you you know if you played five, you're getting hooked at half time. You're like you're getting hooked before half time if you if you're on a five. Like five's like average, isn't it? So seven's still good, like good enough, like you'd want sevens. See, I, I think with Jack specifically, he's got was it two 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 assists and a goal, two goals and an assist, two goals, two assists. <laughs> what, does anyone know what it actually was? He scored two, didn't he? Does anyone know how many assists he got? Did he get given that goal that um? And, I don't think any of them went down as own goals, so I think they were all on target. I'll have a quick look whilst we're uh, we can, on We air. can cut this out of the podcast after. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just, uh, Facebook Live, we'll just have to suffer while we do the research on air. Greedy's um, got three assists. Three assists. Jesus. Okay, yeah. so we got two goals and three assists, right? And I still don't think that was a 10 out of 10, Jack Grealish. But I'll tell you point. what. Tell you one thing, Carahan was on the pitch, what, 15 minutes and he made three chances, which wow. is the second highest in the entire team, bar um, John McGinn, he made four. So, you know, you, the whole team were having fun today, the whole team were thriving. So it was, uh, again, good to see that reflected across the defence, the goalkeeper, um, you know, of course, Trezeguet, who who's coming for criticism as well. Um, just good to see like that solid performance across the board, and uh, then a few people really excelling, like your Mings, uh, McGinn, Grealish, and Watkins. Uh, just a few names who really excelled. So it's rare you can speak about those things with Villa. Yeah, I, I think yeah, two goals and three assists is unbelievable for Jack. Um, absolutely unbelievable. We all know how good he is, but I think in terms of his ninety minutes performance, I think he can be better than that. 
and, and <laughs> I know what his output is, but I'm just saying his ceiling is so high for his potential and his ability. I think he he can perform to a better standard consistently through a game and get a higher score out of ten. Um, this, despite how good his stats were tonight, I just think it's maybe maybe it's it's not about his performance unless so that I feel like we're not we're not relying on him as much as we did before. Like last year, it was Jack you know Jack Grealish FC, wasn't it? At times, it was yeah. He had to do what he Jack Grealish had to play well for us to win, basically. And so far, every game, I've always felt, despite tonight's um, stats that he's put out. He can still, he's still not been at his best yet, and we've been very good in every game. And obviously, tonight has happened. So, when Jack Grealish finally does start putting in 10 out of 10 performances, we can afford to not be as good elsewhere because we're not relying on it, relying on it, relying on him at the moment, which is something that we've been, we've been doing for the last two or three seasons. If Jack Grealish gets, I don't know, marked out of the game or whatever, or fouled out of the game, Villa are suffering, whereas these days, or this season so far, in the small sample size we've got, <clears> if Jack Grealish isn't a 10 out of 10, we can still score seven goals against Liverpool. That's yeah, well, that's, that, that's the point of progression. I mean, you know, like last season and the season before, it was like Jack Grealish was a 16-year-old playing amongst a bunch of under-9s. Now he's like a 16-year-old playing amongst a bunch of under-14s, isn't he? So, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's That's, that's why... Jack Grealish was convinced to stay because he was sold a dream that, that Villa were going to try and bring him a better standard of player to help him fulfil his ambitions. Now, when when Sawiris and, um, and Edens and Christian Perslow told Jack Grealish you know, six, a month ago that he's going to get Villa in the top four, I don't think... Oh, that funny. noise is doing my head in. I'm sorry. <laughs> what are you doing? What? Do you mean? I'm going. I've had enough. I've had enough. <laughs> I feel it's, like that. it's so annoying. What is my it? voice. No, it's not your voice. James knows what I'm talking about because he just laughed when you made that noise. Yeah, you're like... He's, he's too you're scared like, to say anything. Fondling the laptop a bit. <laughs> what? Well, I'm out of here. Just keep your hands still, that. mate. Keep your hands still. Anyway, speaking of Ross... <laughs> <laughs> speaking of Ross Barkley, um, like, you look at the... Like, when we're saying about Grealish and, like, him kind of um, being the main guy carrying the team, like, you've got someone like Ross Barkley in the team who I feel like gets a bit... for forgotten because he emerged in that weird era of Premier League football, that kind of in-between era where no one really cares anymore, like, for like from 2013 to like 2018, I really made a name for himself and like people have kicked on massively since then, he's kind of went to Chelsea and he hasn't really worked out for him, but you forget that this is right sparkly, when, when Jack Grealish was like younger and not really breaking through at Villa and people going, oh when, when he was kind of getting flogged to Middlesbrough, remember that? That was like an odd day. And people were like, yeah, just yeah, move on from him, sell him. And then you've got Ross Barkley making a name for himself in the, the Premier League and kicking it on. You've got a player of that quality now, backing Grealish yeah. at Villa. So it just goes to show the massive strides they've made. And not just him, but people like like John McGinn, like just emerging and developing so so well and so beautifully at Aston Villa. And now you've, you've brought in Ross Barkley on loan and it just feels like almost an un- unreal situation to be in where now Grealish can't be double marked in the game yeah. because you've got runners from midfield and I know Harahan has benefited from that but you'll get players like Traore and Watkins and um, Trezeguet and whomever else we saw him benefiting from that not least Ross Barkley who you can't ignore. Can we talk about the fact that we've seen a different formation as well tonight? I didn't even realise. Barkley was basically playing as a 10. 
Yeah, he switched we're, out. We're, he, talk, he, we're talking about you know Barkley playing in the left side of a midfield three and running from deep. He was as far forward as anyone a lot of the yeah, time. They, they switched it with. Uh, it looks like they switched it with McGinn, which is um, he was doing that, wasn't he? Not maybe to not to the, the same success. extent though. Yeah, I think, but, I think that was more like McGinn is playing midfield but can roam forward a bit. This felt like a very more not rigid, but he was definitely the most furthest advance from those midfield three, and he was right off Watkins a yeah. lot of time interchange with Jack Grealish. Just movement, being creative, and that's that's what Villa have lacked, and some pace as well. Got some physicality. Do you think he was playing as a ten, though, or do you just think he naturally plays that high anyway? Maybe it's just because we were so attacking the whole game that he found himself further forward. To me, it felt like Douglas Louise and John McGinn were a little bit further back than Barkley was always further forward. He was always the one running off the off the line towards um, towards Watkins. I might be wrong. Maybe I've watched the game differently, and like I said, just because we were attacking so much, he was always further forward. But he felt like a solid number ten. Like you sit up there and, and run off the run off the striker. Let's see how it develops because I I, I, I think we got mentioned it on the uh, the Ross Barkley special pod, which has now been just completely destroyed by his performance <laughs> today. Like, um, but the expectation was. McGinn would be allowed to do his thing because he does it very well, and Ross Barkley would be that bit a bit more physical, a bit more of an influence, like physically on the match than uh, than Haran. And they've both got their qualities; they've both got their exceptional qualities. And um, but Ross Barkley's just that much different and that more experienced at the highest level, and he's got the the, the, the bars height maybe higher. Um, but he completely flipped the script, right? If we're looking at him driving forward, it's almost like Villa taking a bit more of a risk with it and just playing, like playing for fun, almost playing for sport. Which I guess what you should do, but there's so much at stake. Um, but yeah, wonderful, wonderful to just see them play with like this complete. It's like careless in the best way. They didn't care about losing; they just went for it. And that's what we're crying out for. I mm-hmm. know you can't play like that in every game. But they saw, they saw a chance. Work, but yeah, they, they noticed an opportunity, got the early goal against Liverpool because they're faffing about at the back and thought, yeah, let's pounce, let's try and score a couple of goals, let's write the, you know, write the game off rather than thinking, oh, 1-0, let's sit back. And that's what we want. We want attacking football. We want we want Dean Smith to take it to the best in this league and that's what we've seen tonight. So I don't know how anyone can't be encouraged by what we've seen tonight. And you know, obviously we might all be at risk of uh, getting ahead of ourselves and if we lose the next three we'll, I'm sure we'll be on here going oh god all right, here we, here we go again but right now as of the 4th of October you have to be delighted with the Villa start so far absolutely any, any more Matt? <laughs> I'm sure I'm knackered it is tiring, <laughs> we can let him go at least yeah. we've got a short day tomorrow oh it's deadline day <laughs> isn't it yeah a lot to talk about then as well it never stops well, um, yeah, we'll do a podcast much in the same manner that we did in the January deadline. We'll, we'll do something as the window shuts, but it doesn't really shut, does it? Because you can still do deals for another 10 days or something in, uh, domestically Yeah, with, between, uh, with, the, um, with the EFL. Yeah. So it's kind of like deadline day part one kind of thing. But we'll, we'll do a little podcast to assess our transfer window so far, but spoiler alert, I'm pretty happy with it. So there we go. Um, thank you to the still 700 people that are watching us live as of now, which is still even 700 is our biggest audience ever. But we we did break the 1,000 viewer mark at one point. So thank you everyone for, who tuned in live this evening on Facebook and our YouTube channel, Claret and Blue. If you're listening to this after the fact on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, um, do leave us a, a review or a comment. Stop trying to make me laugh while I'm doing my outro for the podcast. Oh, I get it. Seven, uh, oh, seven, seven up. up. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, wow. just okay, yeah, I no, haven't realised. What's he doing, man? 
Like, what are you trying to shove? You, 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 you sugar-free lemon lime soft drink on air, man. Why are you doing this? I, I thought you just bought a drink on because I bought a drink on and you were just showing yeah, us. Yeah, we've got a lot of audio-only <laughs> listeners that won't have cared anyway, <laughs> Matt. So well done. Yeah, I get it now. All right, yeah, fair enough. Anyway, uh, like I say, please do leave us a review on iTunes or tweet us at Claret Blue Pod. Get involved. We love hearing your thoughts and feedback. I'm sure everyone else is uh, still in disbelief that's w- that what's happened this evening. It almost feels a little bit like a dream, so we'll see if this actually is a dream or not, if this podcast is still out there by tomorrow morning. Um, a few people are getting the seven-up jokes. See, I don't think anyone else got it either, to be honest. Yeah, There's only a few people like laughing now. You just hold it up like seven-up, like really sad. Like, someone take this off, mate. It's annoying. I'm clearly on a superior intellectual plane for you and all about you, Donald. You know, what can I say? Yeah, maybe that is that. Um, So, yes, thank you both for jumping on this podcast with me this evening. We did say earlier, oh, should we just do about half an hour tonight after the game? But once we were uh, 4-0 up at one point or whatever it was, it was like, no, we've got to do a proper episode and milk it. Um, So thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We do appreciate it. Like I say, we'll be back tomorrow throughout the day with updates if uh, Villa sign anyone or, or let anyone go. Um, and obviously James has mentioned our Barkley episode uh, where we look at what Barkley can bring to the Villa side which I think we all know what yeah. we all know what he can offer now but still it, it is a very good watch so um, stay tuned for that on probably Tuesday and uh, yes thank you very much up the Villa and we'll see you again soon goodbye the Villa Bye. thank you for listening to Claret and Blue and Aston Villa podcast if you enjoyed today's episode then please let us know we love hearing your feedback we'll be back soon with another episode until then Hope the villa.